week. This morning, um, I don't know what the Lord has for us, so we should pray. But I'm really excited to share with you this morning some of the things that God's been stirring in my heart for our church family. Um, so let's ask the Lord to bless uh, this time. Father, we do thank you for this time this morning. We're thankful for seasons in life. Father, as we leave 2017 and enter a new year, uh, we know one thing is needed, Lord, and that never changes. We need to be at your feet. We need to be looking to you, Father, just worshiping you, enjoying you, just relationship with you. Father, we thank you for that great gift that you've given to us through your son Jesus to make that all possible. And this morning, as we consider the glory of, uh, of you in the church, I just pray that you give us clarity and understanding, that you reveal your heart and your will for the church. God, I know that we have a lot of great ideas. There's a lot of methods that a church can grab a hold of and to do to be successful in the eyes of this world. God, we don't want that. Father, we want to do those things that would please you. God, they're according to your will for us. So we just pray that you give us understanding. I know these guys this morning don't want to really hear from me. They want to hear from you. So I just offer myself to you. Lord, please speak. Give me clarity and understanding. Your word. Speak to our hearts. We ask in your name. Amen? Amen. So I want to start off this morning. How many of you... Oh, I just talked about that. How many of you guys have read The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer? All right, you can write that down in your notes. This is a book that you guys can pick up. It's a must read. I've read it a couple times. It is phenomenal. If you have this copy of it, you will find this on page 70. And I want to share this with you guys this morning. It says here, we must not think of God as highest in ascending order of being, starting with the single cell and then going up from there, the fish to the bird to the animal, to man, to angel, to cherub, to God. This would be to grant God eminence and even preeminence. But that is not enough. We must grant him transcendence in the fullest meaning of that word. For God stands apart. Okay, Forever God stands apart. In other words, God is wholly other. Do you guys grasp that understanding? We have a problem in our sin nature of wanting to make God like us. We want to create God to be this way or that way. That's wrong. Because God is so set apart from us. He is so other than anything that we could try to make Him to be in it's to our fault when we try to do it. You see, guys, I love what Tozer lays out here, that God stands apart, that he is truly holy other. And when he says that we must grant him transcendence in the fullest meaning, that's what I'd like to speak to you guys this morning. Okay, You guys know I don't normally go off of something some guy Writes. We're normally just in the Word, but the Word of God speaks to this very clearly, and it's something that I think we really need to grasp if we want to grow. How many of you guys would say we here at Freedom Fellowship have a lot of ways we could be growing in our faith as a church family? Absolutely. 
If you guys ever think we've arrived, that we're a perfect church, we get it. You're lying to yourselves, okay? Um, we're not going to get there this side of heaven, but we do have a God who is alive, who is at work in his church, and he wants to grow in us. He wants to be changing us, not just individually, but corporately. There is a place for a local church. God desires fellowship. There is an important part to what we do. Now, I want to drive this home for a second. As a result of our sin, God has given us over to evil inclination to elevate ourselves above the one who made us. And this is what I see happening today, even in the church. Everything is about us. God is secondary. I come to church for me, for my family, to get fixed, to get this, to get that. And then God is there. Or this is my life, this is my career, and I'm just going to add God to the mix of it all. Guys, that's upside down. That's backwards. And that's sin when we do that. I know you guys know that, but we need to speak to this this morning. Because if we're going to understand and fully grasp the idea of transcendence, why we're here for the glory of God, okay? we got to grasp and see what we are doing. So, the problem, guys... Well, first of all, yeah, let me talk about the problem. The problem is self-centered theology, okay? Self-centered theology, you can fill that in. And what do I mean by self-centered theology? The volume of the book, okay? We have our Bibles with us this morning, right? Genesis to Revelation, 66 books, 40 different authors. And what is it all about? Every single book. The volume of this book is about Jesus Christ. It's about him. That's what it's about. But isn't it amazing how we've taken this book and we make it about us? It's happening. I love listening to podcasts, to sermons, Christian television, Christian books. It's all about us. We're going to make it about us. And of course, God loves us. (laughs) He has answers for us. His will is revealed in here. He cares about us. He wants us to know how to do life. But our life is all about Him. Isaiah tells us we've been created for one purpose, the glory of God. That's what it's all about. It's still all about Him. We are all about Him. That's what he says. And the problem is the self-centered theology has infiltrated the church, especially here in America. I look at how many pulpits today that aren't even teaching the word. I get together with pastors all the time, and they're amazed that we just study literally every word of a whole book. Like, you really just go through the book verse by verse? Yeah. They're astounded that we can actually do that. I have a pastor friend who tried to do that, and his church couldn't take it. They started to complain. We're not doing this. He sees the benefit of it. Guys, there's a place for us to know what God says, what His revealed will is. It's very easy to make things about us. You know, I could talk this morning about, hey, new year. Let's set some goals out. You want a perfect marriage? You want some financial stability? You guys know I know the word well enough that we could just pick a bunch of verses real quick and throw together something good to make everything sound, hey, just do this and our life is going to be great. Whoop-de-doo if it has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. If we're doing marriage 
finances, life for the glory of God. Amen. And I think that's why the scriptures do speak to that stuff. But again, there's context around everything that is taught in scripture, and it's always back to the glory of God. So, is there a solution to this problem that we see of this self-centered theology? And do you guys know that self always equals sin? Think about that for a second. Self always equals sin. Why? Well, what's the great commandment? Love God and love others. Where is self at all in that? I read the scriptures. Jesus tells me to do what? Die to self. But wait a minute. Don't I have to love myself first before I can love God and love others? That's what's being taught. That's not in the Bible anywhere. The Bible tells us, Philippians, esteem others better than yourself. Now, I'm not trying to beat us up. <laughs> what I'm trying to do is see that there is a problem. And the problem is we have things upside down. We have it backwards. We are here for one purpose, the glory of God. And that's not a bad thing. There is joy. There's true life that comes when we actually are doing our part. Let me tell you what. You will be filled. Your life will be phenomenal when you're doing what you're created to do. Don't you guys feel good when you're just in that sweet spot with the Lord? There's nothing like it. Hey, I'm in step with the Spirit. <laughs> I'm walking with the Lord. I'm doing what He's asking me to do. That's a sweet spot to be in. So, the solution, it's the glory of God. I truly believe that. It is the glory of God. And that's what we're going to look at together this morning. On the top here, I have that we're facilitators of transcendence. Okay? That's our job as the church. I can't make that happen. Okay? I know it's something God's asking me to do. And let me tell you what. If I'm not pointing you guys to Jesus, I feel like I'm not doing my job. If we're not allowing God to move in his presence to be here with us, we're wasting our time, guys. The church, our job is to facilitate transcendence. That's it. That's what we're here for. Well, I want some grief counseling. Don't you guys have a grief counseling group that gets together? Where we can get together and grieve? I'll weep with you. That's what God's called us to do, to be there. But we don't have a group. Are the groups wrong? No. But if that becomes the focus, we'll come here. we got a great children's ministry, youth ministry. We offer this and that, counseling, blah, 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 blah. You know, you've missed the point. You know, the church, all we're to do is to facilitate transcendence. That's it. That's what people need. Because let me tell you what, when people have an encounter with the living God, that's when all those things shake out. That's what's needed. Okay? Like, I love it this morning. Our kids are having a party downstairs. We maybe have two parties a year for our kids. We have kids' church. They do church. And even with the party this morning, guys, they are worshiping, they are praying, and they are learning new scripture verses for this next quarter of their classes. You know, it's one of those things, hey, we want them to know the Lord. We want them to experience the Lord, to be in the presence of the Lord. And yeah, you can have fun in doing that too, okay? But the, one of the things, guys, is we need to have this mindset that the solution is the glory of God. This is what's going to take place. Because let me tell you what, we can, 
counsel you to death. We can give you all the tools needed. So, you know, you're walking well with the Lord. You've been discipled well. You're loving your spouse the way you're supposed to be loving them. You're parenting the way you're supposed to be parenting. You're doing ministry because you've been equipped with all the tools that are needed. Let me tell you what, all that stuff is useless and isn't really going to work at any length of time unless you're actually experiencing the Lord in the presence of the Lord, okay? Because that's where we receive. That's where God is able to meet with us and speak to us and do in us, and we have that right relationship. He's getting the glory. And that's what the world needs, okay? Let me tell you what. Anyways. (laughs) I don't like self-help books in the church. Um, That's all I'll say about that. Listen to this. When our churches serve banquets of self-centered theology, we create disillusionment in the hearts of the people who feel God has failed them. But in reality, God has not met with them at all. And that's what's happening, okay? Some churches do this well, okay? We've learned. We've looked to the world. This is what people want. We live in a consumer society, Take, 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 take. That's what it's all about. And we, the church, if we give, 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 then they're going to be good to go. Okay? People will come. They'll give money to the church. We can build bigger buildings. We can have big ministry. Okay? I have a pastor friend who is a part of one of the bigger churches in the valley, and he told me he thinks about two-thirds of the fellowship are not born again. This came from one of their own pastors. Two-thirds of the congregation is not born again. What's the one thing that's needed? The person knows Jesus Christ. And he knows it's because of all the programs. We are here. We are offering people what they want. And the one thing they need is relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the one thing. And let me tell you what. If we're facilitating transcendence, say a non-believer walks in here, okay? Hey, this isn't about me. Wait, pastor's not talking about me today? We're just talking about Jesus, about God, about His glory, His goodness. We're created for Him. I'm to live for Him. I'm to be in relationship with Him. What do you think that person's going to leave with? Probably a longing, a desire. What is this all about? Is this true? I'm going to start reading this Bible. I'm going to start seeking God. I'm going to start figuring this out. You know, you're going to be provoking people in what they don't have. But if you're just giving them what the world has, what are they going to have when they have a church experience? Oh, yeah, I saw that infomercial. (laughs) I read that book. It's sad, guys. That's what's going on today. Uh, Don Cousins, uh, he's a pastor down uh, in Chicago. Uh, He wrote a book, Unexplainable. He said this, God wants to do inconceivably the uncommon, the unexpected, the remarkable, the incomprehensible, so that he, God, is the only explanation for what occurs in our lives. Wouldn't that be cool to be able to say that we really grasp who God is, okay? We get glimpses of his glory. We know he's a big God. As we open his word and we study, man, we see the goodness. He is revealing who he is. As we worship together, we get a little glimpse (laughs) of His glory. You know, those are awesome. But one of the things we really need to grasp, we got a big God. Do we really believe that He's a big God? Are we going to live in that reality and in that truth? 
I absolutely agree with what he says here, okay? There should be things happening that can only be explained because God is at work in our lives. That should be happening because he is alive, guys. It's not something we just do out of duty. We're going through the motions. I want to be a good little Christian, so I go to church and I just live my good little life and I try to do my best. No, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and there should be big things that are happening. Now, we must be terrified at the thought of a single step without the Lord. Some of you guys might be like, Pastor, that's ridiculous. I should be terrified of being out of step with the Lord? Yeah! We're called to be walking in the Spirit, in truth, in love, walking with Jesus Christ. That's what we are called to, to be in step with the Spirit. That if we are out of step, it should terrify us. What happened? How did I get over here? (laughs) God, you want me over here with you? Yeah. That's what he wants. He is the good shepherd. We are to be following him. I'll follow you, Lord, but that's only on a Sunday because the rest of the week, I gotta work. You know? And then Saturday, you know all this stuff I gotta get done. No. We do life with the Lord, guys. He is our Lord in all things. So... May I ask, what has happened in your life in the past week that would be impossible without God's active engagement? This is getting a little brutally honest, Pastor. What are you doing? (laughs) These are the questions I ask myself. Okay? Who am I? I'm a son of the king. (laughs) That's all I am. I'm a forgiven sinner, born again because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, I have a relationship with him. But it's one of those things, man, if God's not at work in my life, <laughs> there's something off. Something's not happening. Okay, what is God doing? What is God doing? It can look a lot of different ways. <laughs> I'm not going to explain a bunch of examples to you guys. But that's something I think you guys need to be asking yourselves, something I need to keep asking myself. Now, I want to explain something to you that I think Christians mix up quite often, and it is omnipresence versus manifest presence. Okay? Some of you guys are nodding your head. Yeah, I absolutely know what you're talking about. Some of you guys are like, what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, in Psalm 139, we know King David said, hey, where can I go from your spirit, right? You know? I can go to the most outer parts of the sea. You're going to find me there. Even if I made my bed in hell, you're going to be there. You know, I can't get away from you. Yeah, God is everywhere. You guys understand that? But there is the reality of his manifested presence. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You guys ever have those times where you just can't deny God is here? He's just here. That should be happening on a regular basis. Okay? You guys know we're not crazy charismatic. I mean, we are crazy charismatic because we do experience the Lord, you know, but we're not going to whoop up a bunch of emotional feelings to hype ourselves up to make something happen. No, we're real. This is who God is. If his spirit drops, if his presence shows up, that's awesome. And it does. And that's what happens when we are living for the glory of God. When we're just walking with him, those things will happen. And it shouldn't just be in a worship setting. I love when the Spirit shows up when we're doing worship. 
I love when we're upstairs praying before service and there's those times where God just, yep, <laughs> I'm here, this is it. You know, this is what I have or during Bible studies. Okay, up in the jail over the years, there were times where I'd be meeting with people, and several times I had guys look right at me. What is that? What were we doing? We were opening the scriptures, and I was sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with them, and the presence of God would just fall in that little room. What is that? That's God. He's good. And we should, guys, understand that there's a difference between God being everywhere, which he is, and there's a manifested presence of God, you know? And it's one of those things that we should long for, that we should fight for, okay? To be in that spot, to be in his presence, you know? There's times I'm going somewhere, I have a meeting, you know? And I will sit, I'll purposely sometimes get to the place a half an hour early just to be able to sit in my car and be with the Lord, because it's just like, I need, <laughs> I need to be in your presence. I need to be with you before this happens. And it's good to be in that place. Uh, let's turn to First John together. You guys know the Apostle John. He was the last apostle alive. He wrote Revelation. And First John is towards the end of the New Testament. And I love the first few verses. He lays out why he wrote the short little letter, epistle. And I think this really speaks into the reality of omnipresence versus manifested presence. So 1 John chapter 1, it says, That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Okay, speaking of Jesus Christ, okay? The life was manifested and we have seen and we bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. In these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Wow, guys! You catch what it's saying here? We're writing to you. The Word of God is being written to you. Okay, Jesus was manifested to us. We're writing these things to you that He may also be manifested to you. His manifested presence, that you could have fellowship with Him also, to know Him, to enjoy Him. That's why I always tell new believers, start reading your Bible right away. <laughs> start reading the Word of God. Okay, There are sweet times with the Lord. There's sweet fellowship with a brother or sister in a small group Bible study, prayer times with people. But let me tell you, for at least for me personally, it's just reading the Word. It's so good. That's where God's presence shows up and He speaks. Okay? There's times, James, you could testify this, you other guys who come to Thursday mornings, Thursday mornings, we just get together for an hour. Okay? I've been to a tons of different Bible studies with different formats. We spend the first half hour, 35 minutes, just reading. We're in Ezekiel right now. We might get through five, six, seven chapters just reading it. And when we're just reading the Word of God, there's times where the Spirit of God just drops in that room. 
you know, and there's eight or nine of us that are there, and we're just like, wow, this is so good. There's like, amen, yeah, that's it's just so good. Like the Lord just shows up. Why? Because his word is living, guys. Okay? He's the logos. The word of God is right here, as John even referred to Jesus as. So, maybe it's time that we stop hiding behind omnipresence and assuming it's the same thing as manifested presence. So please allow me to make a critical distinction between the fact that God is everywhere and the problem is he's not often in the church. What? Are you being serious, Pastor? Yeah. Let's turn to Revelation, just a few books to the right. Have you guys ever been to a dead church? We know of dead churches because the presence of God isn't there. That's what it is. Okay, spirit discerns spirit. Yesterday, let me tell you what. Funeral for my cousin Rick. It was awesome. Mom, did the Spirit of God show up? Yeah! Yeah! Okay, I've been to funerals in other churches. (laughs) You know, no presence of God whatsoever. But the Spirit of God came. People humbled themselves and came to know Jesus Christ through a funeral. Awesome. Why? Because God's there, guys. Okay? Now, there are churches that don't have Christ in them. Let's take a look in Revelation chapter 3 together. All right, let's uh, jump down to verse 20. You guys are familiar with Uh, the lukewarm church there in Laodicea. Guys haven't studied these seven letters, I encourage you guys to go on our Vimeo uh, website. Uh, What is it? Yeah, Vimeo, put in Freedom Fellowship, Revelation 2 and 3. I did a study just on the seven churches. I also did them separately, but we did one just on the seven churches uh, together. Um, And it's good to hear what the Spirit's saying to the church is. So it's good for us this morning to hear what he's saying to the church in Laodicea. And in verse 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Okay. Again, look at verse 14. It says, To the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, right. Okay. So this is a church. But then we read in verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door. And not, why is Jesus knocking on the door of the church? Why isn't he inside the church, guys? Why does he have to be knocking in the first place? I think a part of it, did you guys catch verse 14? To the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. They were of themselves, of their church. You read about the good churches. Hey, the church of Philadelphia, okay, that's in Philadelphia, not of Philadelphia, but actually we're believers in. We're believers in this world, right? We're not to be of this world. That's part of the problem with these dead churches. They are in Christ. All they are is of the world. This is our little social gathering. This is our little religious thing that we do. 
We go to church so we feel good. We go through this rules and regulations so they can tell us that I'm okay and I'm a good person and I get to go to heaven one day. Lie, 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 lie. Okay? <laughs> That's why it's dead. There's no truth there. Jesus is the truth, right? So we're told here, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and open my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. So the Lord's there, but he's not in the church. There's a problem with that today, guys. And I see that's the case. The manifested presence of God is not in a lot of churches today. You know? Well, it's because they're not charismatic. No, I've been in charismatic churches who had big bands and a whole lot of emotional hype, but it's not the presence of God. It's just a lot of hype. Okay? Again, spirit discerns spirit. There is the gift of discernment. Okay? I've been in some churches where, hey, you got a brother or a sister all by themselves on a piano or one person on a guitar, you know, just worshiping the Lord and the people are truly worshiping Jesus and the presence of God is there. It might not sound the best, but hey, the presence of the Lord is there. You know, and it's one of those things, guys, it's kind of on us. <laughs> if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. If we're there to worship worship, is God going to show up? No. No. Had somebody years ago <laughs> love teaching at Freedom. I love the teaching. I'm growing so much. I've learned so much. It's just really hard for me to worship. It's really hard for me to worship there. So I'm going to this other church because it's easy for me to worship. And I just had to ask him, are you worshiping worship or are you worshiping Jesus? I didn't want to be a jerk, but that's kind of what he was telling me. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing. We have things in the church. Hey, this is great. I worship this part, this program, this method. Really, why don't we just worship God? So I think that's when his presence shows up in a very real way, and that's what brings him honor. So I don't want to be of Kakana, Freedom Fellowship Church of Kakana. Okay? We can be Freedom Fellowship Church in Kakana. Okay? And it's not even about Freedom Fellowship. Yeah, we have freedom in the Lord and cool name <laughs> the reality is we're just sons and daughters of the king <laughs> that's all we are we're in christ and this is a local gathering of us okay we're not of this world we've been born again right we're set apart <laughs> we're new creations in christ so god's glory revealed um we're supposed to be in exodus 33 let's turn there <laughs> And this is kind of where this all started for me, uh, sharing with you guys. If you guys really want to dive in and really study out the reality of what we're talking about this morning, study through the book of Exodus. Israel, we're, we're told that Israel um, is there. As we read about them, it's for our learning. Okay? We as Christians can learn a lot from their life, their example, where they blew it, where they did good. <laughs> There's just a lot there. And Exodus, I think, is one of the neatest books that speak in to those things. Um, so Exodus 33, um, we're going to be talking about God's glory revealed. But before I jump into that, I want to look at verse 14 because I, I love... 
I love the relationship Moses had with God. Moses blew it in ways, but there were also some things as a leader um, in knowing God that I appreciated from him. He tells us in verse 14, and he said, My presence go with you, and I will give you rest. And then he said, verse 15, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Isn't that cool for a leader? God, if you don't show up, if you're not with us, we're not going. I don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> you know? And honestly, that's how I feel. If I felt like the presence of God wasn't at work in our church and a part of what we do on a regular basis, guys, I would go get a job somewhere else. I love Jesus. I want people to know Jesus. But man, if I was fighting against brothers and sisters who were just wanting to go through the motions, you know, I wouldn't waste my time. So I thank you guys that you love the Lord. Okay? That this message, what I'm sharing this morning, wouldn't go over too well in a lot of churches. A lot of you guys are like, yeah, I get this. This makes sense. This is right on. This is biblical. This is good. Okay? This is truth. This is what we need. So thank you for being humble before our God. So I think that's key. And then I love, and I think this is what all people need to do. This is a prayer that we need to pray. Jump down to verse 18. This is so cool, and I'm hoping we can unpack this a little bit. We don't have a whole lot of time to exhaust the whole thing. But when uh, Moses asks, please show me your glory, okay? Verse 18, please show me your glory. That's what it's about. Do you guys desire that personally? Did you guys come to church today? Lord, please show me your glory. Or were you like, Lord, please let pastor have a good message today so I'm not wasting my time. Or please let that worship team be on because I don't like that other one. I hope the building's warm today because it's really kind of cold out today. That runs through a lot of people's heads sometimes, guys. Man, our heart should be, no, Lord, just show me your glory. Show me your glory. Bottom line. So let's talk about that glory for a second. Then he said, So God said this to him once Moses prayed, show me your glory. I will make all my goodness pass before you. Show me your glory. I will make all my goodness pass before you. So the glory of God at work for good. Do you guys see that? Have you tasted and seen that glory of God's where he is doing good despite us? He is working things for good. Okay, Who gets the glory in that? God, right? And then he says, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. So think about that. That's the glory of the undiluted I am. That's cool. Do you guys remember when Moses tripped out? Well, you're telling me to do this thing, God? But I don't even know who you, what's your name? You know, I I know you're God, you're the Lord. But who do I say you are to Pharaoh? Tell him that I am that I am. Isn't that cool? He's the great I am. Do you guys understand that God is the becoming one? He is the I am. Everything. Okay? He is holy other. He's not just these things. Because we could sit here this morning and exhaust all the names of God. That would be a fun study to do. I encourage you guys to study that out on your own. You will be blessed but that doesn't even come close to who he is. He is so other. He is so big and beyond our understanding. And I love that he says this to Mo here. 
you know? I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. That's pretty cool, right? I'm going to reveal in what is I am, okay? And then he says, I will be gracious to you uh, to whom I will, okay? So there we see the glory of God's independence, okay? It's speaking to his independence, holy other. And then if you jump down to verse 20, you cannot see my face, nor man should see me and live. So the glory of the unapproachable light. Think about that. Okay? That's how awesome God is. We can't even approach Him. We would surely die. No man has seen God and has lived. He's a consuming fire, the Scriptures tell us. Do you understand that? Okay? What did God have to do? Like, Moses, show me your glory. <laughs> Sorry, Mo. <laughs> you can see my butt as I pass by. <laughs> That's what he, he essentially was telling Moses, right? He had to cover him up. And he just saw the after effects of who God was. And that made him glow. You guys remember the stories up on Mount Sinai? He had to put a veil over his face when he came back down the mountain because the children of Israel would have been tripping out that Moses is glowing. And why is he glowing? Because he saw you know, the after effects of God. That's what should happen to us guys when we're in the presence of God. What's going on? Why are you glowing? You know, what is up? You know, you guys know some of my struggles, okay? I struggle with some stuff. I'm down a lot. And there's times I go see people, oh, you're the happiest person I know. I'm just like, man, if you knew how I actually felt, like the only joy that there is is when I've been with the Lord. When I'm close to Him. I might even feel like crud, but man, God is good. He loves me. He's with me. Even though I'm <laughs> ruined by sin, <laughs> He's there with me, guys. So, and there's a, a couple more I want you guys to catch. Jump down to verse 22. Um, so it will be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand. That talks about the glory of God's protectiveness, right? Okay, He is there in His mercy. He is being protective. How many of you guys would say you'd probably be dead right now if it wasn't for Jesus Christ? Yeah, I was an adrenaline junkie before I got baptized in the Spirit. I probably <laughs> did something really dumb by now. You know, it's one of those things. God is merciful. And then the last one I want you guys to see, look at the end of the, uh, end of the chapter. He says, You'll see my back, but my face shall not be seen. So the glory of God's manifested presence. Okay, And there are times where God shows up and there is the manifested presence of God. And let me tell you what, it's not going to be a little glory cloud in a sanctuary. That is not the glory of God. Okay, That's a whole lot of hype. Because let me tell you what, if any of us, if the glory of God manifested in such a way, okay, I don't think we'd be out having our cell phones taking pictures of it. Okay? At least I would be on my face before God. You know? And there are times, guys, where his presence has been that thick and that real where I couldn't do anything but get on my face before God. Those are good times, and we need that to happen. So, I'm glad you shared that all with me, Pastor. What do I do with that? What does that really mean? God's revealed glory. Um, Jonathan Edwards. Um, he's 
been said to be one of the best, if not the best, author that we've had in America. Phenomenal preacher, had 14 kids, all grew up to love Jesus, walked with the Lord, written some phenomenal sermons through the years. And he said this, uh, the glory of God, that the glory is God's infinite knowledge, his infinite holiness, his infinite joy, and happiness. So you kind of understand where he's going with this and what he's trying to get at. But Edwards was giving an expression. I want you guys to understand that. It's just an expression of glory rather than the definition of what it actually is. You see, glory is the manifestation of God's reality. Do you guys get that? It's who he is. It's the reality of who he is. You see, glory is what emanates from God. The glory isn't God. Do you guys understand that? Glory is not God. It's just the reality of who he is. And we get to partake in a lot of different glories because our God is so big and so awesome, the reality of who he is is going to show up in so many different ways um, in places and times. Uh, that's who our God is. Does that make sense to you guys? Okay, good. I want you guys to understand, okay, as we're considering God's glory. So glory is what emanates from God. So when a church, catch this, when a church can get those who attend to let go of what makes us miserable and embrace what God created us to long for, to recognize and to relish his glory, the church has begun to fulfill its purpose. That's the purpose of the church, guys. We want to make it to be so much more, so much more, that our purpose gets lost. We're big in the church about purpose. The best-selling Christian book, The Purpose-Driven Life. It's all about us and our purpose. Our purpose, guys, is the glory of God. That's the purpose. So, being brutally honest, once again, we have to ask, does God attend our church regularly? I want to be real. I don't want to play games with you guys. I don't want to fake stuff. I want to be real. God show up regularly? I think so. Do I think you show up a whole lot more? Oh, yeah. And how does that happen, guys? Humility. Showing up. Can't experience his glory if you don't show up. I'm excited that we've been able to bring on four new guys onto eldership. Um, we have our first meeting in a couple of weeks, our first formal meeting. But I want you guys to realize and understand that our responsibility as church leaders, as elders, is to be jealous for the glory of God in the church. That should be the number one thing. Because there are people that we love God's giving you a heart for the fellowship. I'm not just speaking to elders here, okay? I know a lot of you guys love your brothers and sisters. You care for your brothers and sisters. And it's easy in a church just to take care of all the maintenance issues. Oh, so-and-so are having a hard time in marriage right now. Or they're financially going through it. And it's good to love. It's good to be there. It's good to serve. 
But our primary thing needs to be the glory of God. That's what we need to be fighting for. Because I see churches that get so consumed in all the maintenance stuff, they miss the purpose and why they're there. And for me personally, and I've been praying and asking God for a lot of wisdom in this, you guys know my heart, okay? We're a little church. A lot of people say of us, you guys, for as little as you are, you're having a huge impact in the community. You guys do a lot of stuff, okay? And we are involved. Praise God, there's things going on. Good fruit, great, you know? But part of my heart, you know, is given to the lost, I, I love seeing people come to know Jesus, okay? I love evangelizing. Um, I love preaching the word. And a lot of times those two end up getting mashed together that, hey, here's the word, and now we got to go do this and that and that and that. You know, it's good when we speak to those things in the word, but my heart before the Lord is, God, I just want to be in a place where we study the word that it's all back to your glory. Because I think the more we look to him, and we are in his presence, that stuff's still going to happen. It's just going to be a natural overflow of being with Jesus. Okay? How can you see your brother in need and not do something if you've been hanging out with Jesus? Okay? Because if you're hanging with your Heavenly Father, you're going to start to get his heart. Okay? And you're going to start to be more like him. Okay? And that's part of being in his presence. How does that happen? Well, I think it's taking the initiative to be there. Okay? We pray together every week at 845 before service. Show up. I think that's a great opportunity to what? To go before the Lord, humble yourself, and beg Him, Lord, would you please show up today <laughs> as we gather together in Your name? Would you please meet with us? Would you please bless our time in Your Word as we worship? You know, we want to see You. <laughs> our brothers and sisters have needs. Be strong on their behalf. You know, those are good things to do. But we have to be prepared. Do you guys understand that? It can't be like, oh, I just show up to see what happens. You know? And a big part of how God allows us to partake in that manifested presence is worship. Okay? I got to go to Bible college. I loved it. Phenomenal teaching. Phenomenal teachers. Okay? I went to a school that we actually studied the Bible. Like my classes were Matthew, Romans, Genesis, Exodus, all of them. <laughs> we just got into the Word. But I loved worship time. I loved getting together with brothers and sisters and worship. And there would be times that we just would have evening worship. There would be nothing else but worship. And the Lord would just show up in a very real way. His presence would be felt. And there's something to that. And you guys might be like, hey, pastor, what are you talking about? It's not about worship because I worship God with my whole life and all that I do. If your heart just went there and had those thoughts, I want you to start reading the Psalms. Because God calls us to get engaged. Sing to the Lord is brought up over and over and over again. Lifting holy hands to the Lord is in the Bible over and over and over again. It's something that we do, guys. We show up and we do it. Why? Because God's asked us to do it. Even clapping's talked about. <laughs> he wants us to be loud, Him, right? <laughs> scriptures talk about that. It's something He wants us to do. Well, how do we do that? We come ready to worship. And there is a mentality in the church, especially when we have a, a strong Bible teaching church. Hey, I go to the Bible teaching church. Again, we're missing our purpose if that's what it's all about. Okay? Purpose is the glory of God. 
well, worship's just to get my heart ready to receive the word. No, that's backwards, guys. We should be here on time, ready to worship the Lord. We should be prepared. Worship's the important part of us getting together, guys. So I think we need to change our thinking in some ways. So, um, it is a responsibility of us to be jealous for the glory of God in the church. And I want you guys to really pray on this, study this out, think through it, start praying it for our church, okay? I think, I think we get this, but I don't think we speak to it enough, and I don't think we live in the reality of it enough. And that's why I wanted to take time today to just kind of flush this out, bring some clarity to what the scriptures say and really what our purpose needs to be. And I think the more we focus on this, okay, the more that God's really going to do through. So, um, again, I think this needs to be our consuming passion. I want you guys to think on this with me. Uh, when every church in North America gets a hold of the reality that we are providers of nothing but facilitators of glory, that we are just channels through whom Christ can reveal himself, churches will have returned to their created purpose of God and will begin to move in power and display glory. I believe that. And I believe that's what the church is missing today. Okay? There's a whole lot of calls for pastors and leaders to take in this summit and this conference. This is how you build your church. This is how you do it. And they don't speak in to the purpose in which we're talking about this morning. They do not speak in to the glory of God. And it grieves my heart. But we've seen some churches have success with it. They've become really big doing it. But you know what has happened? The other churches have gotten smaller. The church hasn't actually grown. Okay, They're just stealing consumers. That's <laughs> what's going on. And I think when we grasp this reality, this is when the church is going to grow. You guys know that we are failing, okay? I know God adds to his church, but I think there's a failure in the church today because the church is missing this point. We're missing the big picture. We're missing our purpose, okay? There's, oh boy, I don't even want to start talking about our epic failures. We're not even, there's not even enough church plants to keep up with the population growth in America, we, we need 13,000 new churches every year just to, keep, just to keep up with the population growth. 13,000, okay? 18, or 800 new church plants fail every single year. 800. And there's 1,300 to 1,500, I forget what it is, churches that are closing their doors every year. What's going on? People need one thing, guys. And the church is not giving it to them. They're willing to give everything else. And it might be out of good intentions. But I do believe if we were just doing our one thing, I think there would be revival. I mean, here we sit. New Year's Day tomorrow. There's a lot of messages today. Hey, make your life better this next year. <laughs> you know, set the right goals and then we'll be good to go. You know? I don't care about resolution so much. I would love to see a revolution. You know, people getting serious about Jesus, truly being Jesus freaks. I see the church give a whole lot of service to it. They have a lot of meetings, a lot of life groups, a lot of this and that, but they never do anything. 
Yeah, great, we got our little holy huddles going on. What is that doing, you know? If we're there really seeking the glory of God, that's great, you know? But I heard of a Bible study recently. Hey, I love my Bible study, but we don't read our Bibles. <laughs> you know? I was like, what? You love this time with these people, but you don't even actually study, and that's what's happening. The church is just becoming a social club for a lot of people. And there's nothing wrong with friendship. That's needed, you know? But again, the primary thing needs to be the glory of God. Uh, let's turn to Ephesians. Whoops. I'll show you guys this. <laughs> I'm not there, and I didn't know how I was going to tie it in. I just felt like I needed to put this on here. Um, this picture just got me. I actually teared up when I saw it. Okay, this is at an NFL game, you know, and it's one of these things I see, you know, hardcore fans <laughs> willing to go through something like that. You know, in believers, they can't make it to church. I just don't get it, guys. Our God deserves so much more, and we wonder why there isn't the manifested presence of God in the church in the way that it should be. You know, because it's just something that I hope I can make it to church if I can make it this week. It's not my priority to worship. You know, it's like I see <laughs> football fans, you know, are more sold out for guys wearing tights, throwing a little ball around <laughs> than the living God. And guys, I think the only thing that's going to cure us from that is when we truly seek the Lord, we hunger for the Lord, we treasure our God above everything else. And if you don't treasure Him above everything else, there is something wrong. Okay, You're missing the mark. There is sin there. You are caught up in yourself. You know, And some people don't like hearing that. That's why it's easy to run to a place where we're going to have a self-centered theology. It's all about me all the time because that's what I need. No, you need Jesus Christ. He needs to be number one in your life. That's all that's going to matter. This life is a vapor, guys. And when it's all said and done, your stuff isn't going to matter. He's all that's going to matter. And I want everyone to be able to hear our God say to them, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's all that matters, guys. And none of us are prone to get off track. Okay, We have a sin nature. We can get bent. We can find ourselves outside of the will of God, you know, not in step with the Spirit of God anymore. Well, what do we do? <laughs> we repent. Why? Acts 3.19, when you repent, sweetest word in the Bible, repent therefore so times of refreshing may come. Where? Being in the presence of God. We need to repent from our sin. Okay? The evangelical church is... When it, we're so all about God's grace. We are about God's grace. We're saved by God's grace. There's grace upon grace. I love grace. But there is sin. And a huge part of the gospel is that we turn from our sin. We need to repent and turn to God. Well, I'm gracious. I can continue to... I don't need to be at church. I don't really need to study. I don't need to really pray. You know? That's your choice. You still can make it to heaven. But man, you miss the purpose in which you've been created for. You're missing the big point. 
And I think it's good for us to have a study. I know this is not normal for us at Freedom Fellowship, but it's good for us to step back and take a big picture (laughs) of what really matters, what life is really about. So, and this is the verse that really kind of gets me. You might be like, okay, why why is this all emphasis on the church? Well, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 21, it says, To him, okay, to God be the glory. Where? In the church. Okay, where is the glory of God to be? Oh, boy. Okay, so there's a pretty big reason for church. There, there is a purpose for us, and God has made it clear, right? To Him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. That needs to be our prayer, guys. It's to the glory of God. Great. I love what God's doing through Freedom Fellowship. We've been here for 10 years. We just celebrated 10 years together. We didn't try to start a church. God did it. Why? I believe for His glory. I think that's all it's been about. It's about Him. Okay? He's chosen the foolish things of the world. <laughs> he's doing something here. I believe He's getting glorified through it. Okay? In our purpose, guys, is what? Glory in the church to all generations. Not just to us. Okay? But to our kids. To our grandkids. Yeah, Jesus is coming soon. I grew up in a church that taught the Bible. When you teach the Bible, guess what? There's a lot of prophecies concerning Jesus' second coming. There's 310 concerning His first coming. There's eight times that amount concerning His second coming. It's all over the Bible. He is coming. Okay? 1988, Jesus was going to come back. <laughs> I grew up in a church. Jesus is coming back! Okay? Well, He hasn't come back yet. He could come back today. I honestly believe that, guys. But I also honestly believe it could be 50 years from now. I don't know. No one knows the day or the hour. We are discerning the times and the seasons. Okay? We are living in the last days. How much longer we have, I don't know. But what I do know is that I want our kids to love the Lord and understand their purpose is for the glory of God. They are here for Him. Okay? We need to teach them that. And if we're not doing it ourselves, if we're just going through the motions, we're missing it. And I think, guys, we really just need to humble ourselves. We need to get on our knees. We need to be real before the Lord. I think corporate prayer is a big need in our church. Okay? I love praying beforehand. I love men's prayer. Women's prayer is probably good too, right? But I'm sure it's just like our men's prayer. There's only a small group of guys that show up. Small group in the morning. Okay? We need to come together and seek the Lord together, cry out together. So let's not make just <laughs> this next year glory goal. Make it a lifelong glory goal. Okay? I think that should be our goal in all things, guys, is the glory of God. And when that perspective is right, everything else shakes out in life. Everything. The things that we get concerned about, things we worry about, okay, it shakes out. The glory of God. So, have we arrived? No. But, I think we're headed in the right direction. And we're not going to get there all at once. Okay? I get excited thinking about this stuff, studying this stuff out. But I know we're being sanctified. 
God's growing in us. We're a young fellowship, a young church. Some of you guys have been in the Lord a while, but some of you guys who have even been in the Lord a while are growing a lot <laughs> in this fellowship. Growth is a good thing. And I don't care how long we've been in the Lord, whether it's individually or corporately, we should always be growing in the Lord. And this reality should become clearer and truer the longer that we walk with Him. That when people do come, hey, there's something a little different here. Not that we're the best or got it the most together, but hey, we just really want to love the Lord. We want to glorify Him in everything that we do. So I believe as we humble ourselves and keep our eyes on Christ, God will make us spiritually fit to receive what He is already willing to do. And how many of you guys believe that God has more for us than we are right now. Yeah, that's our God. God's a giver in nature, right? Okay? God so loved the world he gave. He's also in the business of making all things new. <laughs> you know? He can do that. And some of us need to be made new over and over again. I mean, we're born again, but you guys know what I'm talking about. It's just like, okay, God, <laughs> here we go again. Time to repent. <laughs> Get right, you know, turning back to you. So those are good things to do. So day unto day utter speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is glory of creation, guys, shouting, there is a God, there is a God, there is a God. That's where we got to be. There is a God. Glorify Him. Praise Him. Live for Him. Just be in that reality. So, we're going to worship. I purposely asked the guys to leave worship to the end. I actually preached about a half an hour longer than I thought I was going to this morning. Uh, but if you guys want to come back up, that would be great. Um, we're going to partake in communion too. I know we have a few visitors with us this morning, which is awesome that you guys are here. Glad you're here. Hopefully you come back. Um, we at Freedom always do communion. Because it's something that the Lord's asked us to do, and as often as you do it, you do it in remembrance of me. So I would like to read to you, you guys can open your Bibles if you'd like. I'd like to read Psalm uh, 19. That's just what I quoted from. I love Psalm 19. I'm going to read that. And then I'm going to have a couple of the men pass out the communion elements. And we're not going to partake together at the same time. We're going to do some worship, and I encourage you guys... Uh, just in light of what we talked about, spend some time really communing with the Lord, talking with Him about these things, asking Him to reveal in your hearts where you're at, what's going on, okay? Um, yeah, it's good to press into the Lord. So, Psalm 19, if you'd listen, I love this psalm. It says, The heavens declare the glory of the Lord, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out all, or all through the earth and their words to the end of the world. And in or them he has set a tabernacle, the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven and circuit to the other end, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. 
And the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether, more to be desired than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. And moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can understand his error? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. And Father, we do thank you that you are our Redeemer. We are so thankful, God, for your word that's able to convert our souls. Lord, brings us to a place of seeing our need of you. Father, is able to uh, give us faith, Lord, that we see that we need to put our trust in you. And Father, I do thank you. We thank you this morning together just for your sacrifice, for your life, for your death on the cross. And I also want to pray that you grant us all, Father, just true repentance where we've been satisfied with substitutes that fall short of your glory. I pray in your name. Amen.